1: A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, everybody, what's going on? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the DFS Pick Six for week three. That's right, we're already in week three of the NFL season. I'm Eric Crane. Joining me as they are every week, we got John Daigle. We got Rich Freebar. Daigle. how we doing, bro?
2: Everything is well. The behind-the-scenes paywall got into a little argument before we went live, and that's because I was discussing the lifestyles of Evan Silva and Daigle over at the manor here, and I said that I didn't agree with refrigerating red wine. I, it, didn't make, it doesn't make sense at all, but apparently that's a controversial opinion. Apparently more people refrigerate <laughs> red okay, wine so that i thought I eric
1: like the red wine i buy it's what is it i don't even remember what it's called but it basically tastes like kool-aid okay like i i like if you give me something that i feel like i could have drank as a six-year-old i'm gonna be happy about it and yeah you know, i refrigerate right that i might as well just put it in a pouch and put a straw in there like an old three sun or something like it's just, I, I to be know, clear
2: I, like i am no sommelier like I, I've, I've been with people who sure. also like put ice in the red wine as well so I don't know. I just thought it was that no one did it, but apparently like half of the people I've talked to, which is like four tonight, uh, they do it. So who knows?
1: Reeves, where do you fall here? You don't seem like um, a wine kind of guy.
3: No. Yeah, I actually am. Um, yeah, I don't mind it. Listen, I'm not a, I'm not a warm liquid drinker in general. Like, I don't like tea. I don't drink coffee. Daigle knows. Oh uh, my, I going to talk about
2: something else frustrating.
3: Yeah. I don't, I don't drink coffee. I don't, I'm I don't like hot liquids, man. I don't It's That's not my thing. Uh, but I also like it. Listen, if you're spending more than like $8 on wine, you're wasting money anyway. Yes, you. <laughs>
1: yep.
3: you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like paying up for these tight ends and, you know, uh, DFS. You know, we don't want to do that. <laughs> they're all the same after they're all the same down here.
1: Yeah, in the chat, they say Moscato. They say strippers refrigerate red wine. And when you marry one, that's fine yeah, find out. I mean, I don't know about it. Look at Reed, just like, yeah, that's true. I know. That's Reece, a true story. Hey, good for you, buddy. Good for you. But, yeah, you know, how was your uh, how was your week two, Dago?
2: Well, we got Aaron Jones right. Nailed that. Ran back Marvin Jones since he ran 100% of the team's routes in week one. Nailed that. But then uh, you look at having Zeke over the Cowboys passing game, and whenever the Cowboys are inside the five three times and Dak is the one to fall in three times, it can get sort of frustrating, Uh, not to mention Will Fuller maybe not being injured but on the trainer's table the entire game. so He's just got more
1: comfortable, man.
2: That that will tell you uh, how week two went for me, but a few good hits here and there, so it was okay.
1: Yeah, the only hits uh, that I had were to my bankroll. So I'm glad to be moving on to week three. Reed, how was week three for you, and, or how was week two for you, and how you doing,
3: buddy? No, a lot, a lot worse than week one. I mean, obviously, I was I was way over on Paris Campbell, so that was like an initial like... <laughs> that was quick. That was
1: you have no sweats then?
3: No, we were pretty good. Uh, I had a couple of good calls. like I, I mean, Aaron Jones and Miles Sanders I was in on, but listen, when you're like way overweight on Paris Campbell...
1: <laughs> I had
2: I a had Higby in my one millimaker maker bullet. I had a Higby and Aaron Jones, but it doesn't matter whenever you go Naheem Hines over Jonathan Taylor.
1: Oh. It happens, buddy. Oh. It happens. Man, I, like it's, that's like a crane play right there that just never works out. Like, just <laughs> don't get cute. What are you doing? You yeah, Jonathan don't –
2: Don't get the guy that's going to get one touch compared to 28. I do agree with that. I
1: mean, you really have to be efficient if you're going to try. and win. (laughs) Speaking of efficient, let's talk about Dallas at Seattle. A couple of offenses that have been efficient this year. It's a 55 and a half point total. Seattle, five point favorites at home. um, As we talked about last week, Uh, Dak got it going. He just absolutely smashed it. Zeke also had a big game. Russell Wilson, they are letting him cook up in Seattle. Mm. You know, Reeves, we talk about games that we can stack. We talk about knowing where the ball is going. I mean, this game kind of has it all, man. Like, find me something not to like in this game. Because I like the whole thing.
3: Yeah, it's, it's hard to find pieces that you don't like in this game. This will be the popular game stack of the slate, and I think C.D. Lamb, I haven't seen ownership, but I would guess C.D. Lamb on both sites is going to be probably one of the heavier guys. When you look at Seattle, has already allowed games of 12-179 and 15-232 uh, out of the slot to opposing slot receivers through two games and given his price and it's coming off his first 100-yard game. I imagine he's going to be pretty popular, but uh, you know, it's not a hard week to pay up for either of these quarterbacks if you. You want to with the way this slate falls out with you know you've got the Saints and the Packers on Sunday night and you've got the Ravens and the Chiefs on Monday night. Both those teams are off the slate. It's not hard to find value here and you can fit in Russ or Dak your whatever your preference is and it's kind of dealer's choice with either guy with the way both these teams have played the past so far and you know Dallas has Chadobi Uzier now sidelined for multiple weeks on their side. Uh, you know, D- D- DK is super cheap uh, on on both sites as well for the upside he has. He's a guy that has what scored in five of his past seven games going back to last year, and over his past five games averages 100 yards receiving. It's it, you know kind of kind of just find where what you want to play in here. Good thing is everyone outside of Lamb is kind of expensive. Um, Gallup and Lamb are kind of the same price on both sites, so I mean you can have pivot. We could keep maybe Michael Gallup's are Mike Williams of this year. Maybe we'll just keep going to the year, well. I'm done. I'm <laughs> done with these
1: guys, man. Like. I, so- <laughs> So he, he, he needs to buy low uh, air yards. I don't care. Like I just, I, these guys never get there. Like I'm, I'm just done. I'm done. Michael Gallup. Yeah, I see him. Ele- right now projected 11 ownership. Dagle. I just say thanks for the rake, everybody.
3: I what mean, is Lamb?
1: A 10, but I don't believe it. That's gonna. That's be not true. No, that's gonna get. Out.
2: <laughs> I, I imagine Lamb will come in the highest rostered among all of them and be one of the highest <laughs> rostered, if not the highest rostered receiver the entire slate. I mean. So we can run it back with the other side too. That's why this game is odd for DFS because typically we want to fade or at least have one piece and get unique on the highest total of the week, but you don't need to here. Like the Cowboys' defense has always has already been atrocious, and like Reeb said, they lost their number one corner. Uh, Seattle's wide receivers have only caught 31 passes all year, but they've still scored the third most fantasy points because it's Russell Wilson. They're just uber efficient. They're averaging 14.8 yards per catch, and now we have this Cowboys' offense that's returning the favor and just running four seconds faster, literally four seconds faster, and neutral game script than any other offense offense so although the Seahawks are running at the league's slowest pace like the Seahawks are the one benefiting here because they're coming up uh, I guess if you want to get unique on it Chris Carson is a way to get exposure to the Seahawks offense he's still outtouched Carlos Hyde 32 to 14 on the year and he's doubled up and rut- routes run 40 to 20 and has nine targets to Hyde's two with a team high three red zone targets so a part of Russ cooking is also just Russ throwing to running backs on early downs. So Chris Carson will stay involved, especially if we think this one is competitive
1: throughout. Yeah, I mean, he, he's 6'6", over on DK. On the other side, we've got Ezekiel Elliott, who's somebody that, of course, we're going to want to play. He's going to be popular at 8'3". I mean, it's is there any reason not to play him, Reeves?
3: No, there's none. Not in this slate. I mean, he's, you know, we take McCaffrey off the board now. Saquon's off the board. It's just really open and shut that he's clear cut the best running back volume and touchdown, you know, play available. I mean, especially when you go back even to the last year. Plus, Zeke looks sharp this year, man. He looks a little different. He looks looks a little nimble to start the year. You remember last year he was coming off of that, uh, the Cabo trip. Yeah, he was just late, hanging out in
1: Mexico for like three months. The late He He life. looks he
3: looks a lot better and they're throwing to him more to start this year too. It's just hard to get away from the way this is all played out with the running back apocalypse last week at the top and the other big high scoring teams kind of removed from the slate. It's, I don't really see like why you even really get cute with it. He just punches Zeke in and we all have him.
1: Yeah. And you know, I, I mean, the, one <laughs> of the problems with this game is like, we've talked about this so many times, you know, Reeves, Dagle over the last few years where, you know, a game like this, you just want exposure. The problem is, I'm not sure what the low owned piece is going to be, Doug. You mentioned Chris Carson. I think that's really interesting. And we've seen that pairing your running back with the quarterback, even though it's a little bit counterintuitive, could absolutely work. you did that with Dallas last week, you were really doing well. But I mean, is there a kind of a low owned piece outside of Carson Daigle? You know, amongst the pass catchers that we can be interested in any of these tight ends, maybe?
2: I mean Metcalf and Lockett have accounted for 30 of Wilson's 63 attempts. And uh, then you add in Carson's nine, like that's pretty much the offense right there. Uh, So I I don't, think I'll personally get cute with like Greg Olson or Dave, David Moore. There doesn't seem to be a need to do that, especially on this weird slate that allows us to do anything you want on FanDuel. Like the choice is yours in life because McCaffrey and Barkley are still priced so high up there and there aren't as many options this week. Uh, so I, I think maybe coming off Metcalf who will be higher rostered than Lockett could be an interesting contrarian pivot. And, you know, It's one for one. I prefer Metcalf in a vacuum, but if you're telling me he's going to be that much higher rostered, I would lean Lockett. I know you have the ownership numbers over there, so uh, that would be my way of getting a And I don't think you need to get too cute here, minus rostering Michael Gallup in tournaments, even though I know you're down on him as well. So.
1: I'm just done. I'm done. Him and Mike Williams can go um, – well, I'm not <laughs> going to say that on air, but yeah, I'm just done with these guys. Reeves, any other any other guys in this game that we need to talk about?
3: No, I don't think so. If anyone, I, you know, maybe someone will get cute in point chase with Dalton Schultz, but, uh, you know, Seattle – Looks like a different team against tight ends this year, but probably because they're just getting crushed by wide receivers. Um <laughs> but it's you know, it's funny the way this has played out for Seattle because they actually went the opposite direction. You know, there was that big hot topic this summer of what matters more. I think pff did like a huge study on it on what matters most, pass rush or pass coverage. And Seattle went the other route. They let all their pass rushers go and invested in the secondary players, and they haven't stopped anyone yet. So like it's <laughs> it's uh one of these things, man. It's frustrating now. Both of those quarterbacks. That they have faced did light them up in the second half of games in, in like chasing game script, but uh, there's still nothing here. That's scaring you about, you know, uh, going towards Dak again.
1: Yeah. All right. So um, before we get into our next, game, I want to let you guys know that if you want to try Roto grinders, core port, core for premium subscription at a discount, go to rotogrinders.com slash media slash pick six. That's the number six and uh, check it out. And I'll tell you what, you're going to get your first month off. You're going to get your first month five bucks off. So make sure you check that out. And again, rotogrinders.com slash media slash pick six. That helps us out. And of course if you're watching and enjoying this over on YouTube. Click the like button, click the subscribe button. And while you're doing that, we're going to, you know, listen to the soothing tones of John Dagle. Talk about the Bengals and Eagles because it's mm. 46 point total. The Eagles five point favorites at home. And Dagle, I got to ask you, buddy, what the hell is up with Carson Wentz? Cause he's been just, he's stunk.
2: He has been atrocious. I do agree. Uh, even in the intermediate and shallow passes, um, you know, he's just been bad making bad decisions. You even watch the Eagles play. He's forcing throws interception last week. That was completely unnecessary to toss at all. Having said that this is the same defense that Baker Mayfield and the Browns offense got right against. And so I still think there's a reason to go back to this Eagles defense. Uh, Let's. I guess we'll start with the passing game here because I'm very high on Deshaun Jackson this week. So Tyrell Taylor only completed 16 passes in week one and Baker Mayfield targeted his running backs at a higher rate. So Cincinnati hasn't really faced or permitted many catches to wide receivers this year, but Deshaun Jackson now comes in without Jalen Rager, first of all, and then Jackson himself is third in the entire league in air yards. Uh, according to Crane's Bilo Air Yards model. And he's still second on his own team and target share. Uh, yes, Wentz has been bad, particularly throwing deep. PFF has, has charted Jackson's, uh, Jackson's targets downfield as the third lowest catchable rate, I believe, behind A.J. Green, who we'll talk about in a second, and Allen Robinson among the guys with 10-plus targets. So he has been bad, but... Everything is there, including with Jager, Jalen Rager being out. The opportunity, in particular, is there for Deshaun Jackson. So I still don't mind going back to Winston Jackson in this spot.
1: <sighs> that's just a depressing sentence because I, you know, you know, and I know we're team season long over here, but like I've been trying to start Carson Wentz and Reeves has just been like destroying me. I'm, I'm excited to go to Gardner Minshew this week, and so that's how bad it's been. But uh, you know, Winston Deshaun Jackson. We talk about low owned stacks. We talk about cheap stacks. You know, Wentz five point eight over on DraftKings, Djax five point two over on DraftKings. Is that one of the ways you're thinking about going? I mean, I
3: don't have any problem with that at all. No, no pushback on there. You know, DJx is the type of guy that when he's going to get target volume, he just you take swings on and you take those low points uh, with him like you've gotten the first two weeks and you hope to run into one of these, you know, variant games and maybe you run into it here. There's a chance this game could go back and forth from a pace standpoint too. Um, I have major questions about the Cincinnati side, um, but you know, you've got Miles Sanders in like a pretty locked in like cash spot here. I think everyone will circle him on both sites. Uh, you know, came back last week, played 78% of snaps. He had 23 of the 30 backfield touches ran 31 pass routes, just eight for Boston Scott lost a fumble and still didn't matter. Doug Peterson kept feeding him. Uh, we like that. The Bengals are going to be without Geno Atkins and Mike Daniels again. They haven't practiced yet at all this week. They allowed 234 yards. The Browns and four touchdowns, a touchdown at 151 yards. The Chargers backfield in week one. It's going to be real hard to get away from Miles there because he can't be scripted out. It's it's just you swallow, it. you're probably gonna get 20 plus touches in a plus matchup and he's still underpriced uh from where he's probably gonna end up in the next couple weeks. Um, but that's about it, unless you wanna play either the tight ends. Goddard is pretty cheap on FanDuel. Um he's like priced really near the streaming options on FanDuel. Um and if you look at the past nine full games these guys have played together, removing the game that Ertz, you know, didn't play in week 17. Goddard has 52 catches for 525 yards and three touchdowns. And Ertz has the exact same 52 catches for 493 yards and four touchdowns. Um, 78 targets to Ertz, 70 for Goddard over that span. It's really kind of a 1A, 1B. I don't know if that it hurts Ertz more than it helps Goddard, but uh, they've been really 1A, 1B. Um, so maybe you can go Goddard there as another cheap stacking option. But the Cincinnati side, I feel like people are going to overweight the 68 dropbacks that Joe Burrow had last week. Um This this dude threw 26 passes in the fourth quarter last week. His yards per attempt so far, and I'm Joe Burrow honk, and I've pumped him up for fantasy this year and as a season-long as a QB1 guy. But, like, his yards per attempt are 5.4 and 5.2 through two weeks. Mm. I mean, he has been awful, like, from, like, a passing efficiency stance. And if you think you're going to get 68 dropbacks every week, like, it's fine. You can throw for five yards per attempt if you're going to push 70 (laughs) dropbacks. But do we think that that's going to happen every week? I mean, that seems like pretty far-fetched. On deep balls, Joe Burrow has completed two of 15 passes on throws 15 yards or further downfield. League rate is 46%. That offensive line is awful. Uh, they couldn't – They you know, it, it, they're going to have their hands full here uh, against the Eagles. I know the Eagles didn't show up and play good defense last week, um, but I think that th- it's a mismatch, you know, on the road uh, for the Bengals uh, against that front. Um The one good thing is you can say Cincinnati—they've thrown the ball seventy percent of their play, sixty-nine percent on first down outside the fourth quarter. It's the highest rate in the league. The bad with that is they've averaged three and a half yards per play on those attempts, which is the last in the league. So, um, (laughs) um, it's tough, man. I—I have a lot of—I just feel like people are overweighting the Bengals' counting stats last week and not putting into the context of, you know. That's probably something that's not going to happen every week, Uh, and it's tough. It's a tough matchup. A.J. Green's air yards. He's got another awful matchup again this week And Darius Slay. He's played Casey Hayward and Denzel Ward the first two weeks. Darius Slay has been awesome to start the year in both of his first two games. Terry McCorn had five for 61. Robert Woods had two catches last week. He had a rushing touchdown. Um, We know Burrow's going to jam him with targets, but, like, I mean
1: I, – uh, but okay, I'm here kidding. here's here's my problem with purrogate <laughs> targets. And this you know, I don't mean to like be on, you know, team watch the tape or whatever, but Daigle, did you like watch those AJ Green targets?
2: Oh, my because God. Uh,
1: it's amazing that AJ Green he, was able to walk after that.
2: His his hips hit his ankles because he has no knees <laughs> when he jumps up. Like it's it's <laughs> atrocious. Um, having said that, we're going to argue, uh, like, the numbers crowd, though, will argue against the hashtag team watch the tape because AJ Green, outside of that, like, has the numbers for positive regression. And, by the way, this doesn't mean I'm going back to him. I'm just going to play devil's advocate here really quick. <laughs> I mean, he's cheap. That's a good start. He leads the entire league in air yards and end zone targets and is tied for the fifth most raw targets. So the opportunity is there. And like Rich was saying, like Burrow's going to jam target. Burrow does not care about who is covering you. He's shown that the first two weeks with A.J. Green. He is going to just keep on jamming targets there.
1: Well, I, so, I, I mean, I don't mean to go on Will Fuller here, but I'm genuinely worried he might die during.
2: Who's going to
3: make air yards on catchable targets? Like, is that the next evolution for this though? Cause you have cited AJ Green's catchable target rate. Yeah. Why should we care about all the air yards and the uncatchable targets?
2: This is, this is very true. Uh, I think it was, what is it? Four of 10. Is that the rate? <laughs> Um, like I already said, it's, uh, the, the lowest rate among wide receivers with 11 plus target is his catchable targets because burrow is clearly with, as the air yards tell you sailing it over to green's heads, sailing it over a nursing home player's head who cannot jump up six inches off the ground. So that is what's going on with the Bengals offense here. Uh, that's why I like still the Philly offense and miles Sanders, as you said, crane is going to be one of the highest roster, if not the highest roster running back on the entire slate.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just – oh, here, I want to talk about a running back on the other side here because Hmm. Joe Mixon's somebody that before the season a lot of us said, you know, hey, we watched the end of the 2019 season. We know that this is going to be the year they're going to start feeding him more, especially in the passing game. Reeves, Joe Mixon, once again, early in the season, has done nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing here. I was thrilled to trade him away from my season-long team yesterday and uh, 5.9K here, not a great matchup, but – is this guy going to break out eventually?
3: Um, I think so. When you got Mixon, you got a curious case. He's got 20 touches in each game, which you, you which you do like. And if you look at the context of who he's faced, and we're still building the sample up on this season and finding out where these matchups actually lie, the two defenses he has faced have been good against the run in both of their games. You know, outside of I mean, you look at the Chargers have stopped now Mixon and uh Clyde edwards lair last week and shut him down and the Browns have been good both weeks in turn. They shut down the Ravens running game in week 1 uh and then last week. So I mean we can say at least he has, you know, face two teams that have been consistently good in the small sample of two games that we had, but the Eagles run defense is good as well. Uh, They did give up a chunk play to Daryl Henderson that kind of skewed like the yards per carry last week, but they still are 12th in yards per carry out to running backs through two weeks. Even with that, the problem with Mixon is he's used in the same capacity he's always been used in. He has 52% of the team touches while tighter ahead and he's got 24% of team touches while they're trailing. That he needs to play in the two-minute drill. He needs to play in catch-up mode, and we haven't gotten no snaps, and we've got him as a road dog by that's a six-point underdog. So we have to anticipate game script not being there again for him. So we're kind of in the same boat. He did catch four passes last, last week, which was more than he caught in any game last year. Um, so you either need him to fall in the end zone, or you just need him to run into a hot matchup where the game script doesn't go awry. Um, so, yeah, be, keep, keep hoping. <laughs> I've got mixed it in spots too, but like that's what it is. They don't have a lot of these spots on their schedule. They look when you go up and down our schedule, you're like, well, they're gonna be trailing here, they're gonna be trailing here, they're gonna be trailing here. Now they were that they, they, they and they have no line,
1: like <laughs> they,
3: they, they But the same thing was the case last year where he got hot. You just hope that the volume turns into something. I mean, they, listen we got dudes picking up Jarek McKinnon and Mike Davis and Dion Lewis and Devontae Freeman this week. You've got a running back. that's getting 20 touches. Sure. He's been bad on him, but at least you know, he's getting the ball. Not a lot of guys have those see guys on their teams.
1: <laughs> well here, let's go from uh, a spot there where, you know what running backs are going to be touching the ball to the Detroit lions in the Arizona Cardinals, 55 point total, Arizona five and a half point favorites at home. And, um, Look, this is another game. We don't see many 55-point totals in the NFL, and yet we have two of them here discussing them on the pick six. You got Kyler Murray at the OK game last week. DeAndre Hopkins, who um, – everybody who said don't draft DeAndre Hopkins, they're not feeling great right about now. But, uh, Dega, when you look at this spot, it's tough. Again, you, you just want exposure. Like, that's what we want right here. We want Hopkins. We want Christian Kirk, who's way too cheap. We want a little bit of Kenyon Drake. On the other side, we want some Galladay, assuming he plays. We want Marvin Jones. We don't want any of these Detroit <laughs> backs. But, like, Dago, where are you going in this game?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the Cardinals. Uh, just the fact that they're averaging over 80 plays per game, I mean, you have to have a piece of it. Um, I know everyone will say Kyler Murray, and he will probably be the highest-owned cash quarterback this week, but for tournaments, I I actually like Kenyon Drake a whole lot here, who I played in week one, I know he didn't get there. He fell in for one touchdown against the 49ers, Uh, didn't get there again last week, but the Lions are just basically what the Panthers should be. The Panthers are atrocious, don't get me wrong, but the Lions are basically the Panthers of 2020 against running backs this year. Have allowed the most rushing yards, the most yards per attempt to running backs, and then a, a league-high 7.2 yards per attempt to running backs through the air as well. So it's just a position that they can't stop at all. And Kenyon Drake is still a workhorse in this offense, despite what the production has shown us so far. He's out-carried Chase Edmonds 36-9 to on the season, and his backfield touch rate actually jumped up in Week 2. So 67% week one to 79 percent in week two so i really like we we pretty much know the cardinals should be leading here so in what should be a positive game script for them i actually love rostering drake uh perhaps in cash games but all over in tournaments
1: yeah i'm i'm fine with kenny and drake. I'm also fine of course with these receivers and um Reeves, I know we've been talking about the, you know, air, air yards and whatnot. Here's Christian Kirk, 4.5K, though. Like nope. No. Wait, oh, wow, just the hard ass on Christian Kirk.
3: He's hurt, too, now, right? He's hurt, so it's okay. He's going to save us from himself. All
1: right, so, so or who's – I didn't know he was hurt. Are we playing Andy Isabella, then?
3: <laughs> he got a couple targets last week. Yeah, let's drafts.
1: do it. Golly. Oh, my best ball shares from the last year are still crying. But, uh, no, I mean – like you just want piece of this game. Which pieces do you want?
3: I uh, yeah, this is this is a good one, especially if it's going to kind of maybe just get overshadowed by Dallas, Seattle, the popular right. game. You know, if you got another game that can get over. Because what this game too, this this point total is telling me is that completely no one is buying this, the start the Arizona defense has had, you know, facing a wide receiverless 49ers team that had George Kittle get hurt in mid game and a Washington football team, you know, quarterback by Dwayne Haskins. Uh, no one's buying this two game start that they've had. And then, you know, you get Kenny Galladay back and what he can now unlock for this offense, you know, with Stafford actually moving the ball downfield. Uh, you look at just throws 20 yards or further downfield. Stafford's just at 10.2% of his pass attempts at 20 yards or further downfield. Last year with Galladay it was at 19%. 18.2%. So almost cut in half. Um, so even just Galli being, having his presence on the field, although I think he'd be tough to go to coming off of injury, um, you know, just make Stafford a better play though. And you can run Stafford back on a cross deck. The interesting thing with Kyler Murray um, is that he's doing it all of his legs and going back to last year, he's still, you know, having a problem, With, you know, passing efficiency from a fantasy stance, he's 30th in passing points per attempt so far this year, Um, really getting it done in the legs, only Cam Newton has generated a higher percentage of his fantasy points uh, on the ground than Kyler has, he's got those three rushing touchdowns, you're going to get some rushing touchdown production from anyways, but uh, there's a chance for uh, like him not to have as high as a natural ceiling. Without rushing touchdowns than people think, if he continues to pass this way, the good news is Detroit is awful against the pass. Uh, they are they happen to be 29th in passing points uh, allowed per attempt, so there's a chance for that to, to spike up um outside of Hopkins though it's still the same story I mean who are who are we relying on you know uh, in that in that passing game we're not playing Larry Fitzgerald you said you could take a shot in Isabella people like Dan Arnold coming this season but that offense just doesn't cater itself to tight ends um and then Christian Kirk still doing the same Christian Kirk dance that he did last year so it's really you have to go in on Hopkins if you're playing you know Kyler that's the stack with him uh but on the other side you can play Drake who has a great match like Bagel said and love him and you can play him with Stafford you can either try to play you know Galladay or Marvin Jones or Hawkinson the flow chart hasn't been there this year for Arizona yeah, I'm, I'm uh, still
1: following the flow chart baby
3: but you know Hawkinson in 10 career games with uh Matthew Stafford he has an end zone target in seven of those career 10 games that they've played together so he is just he's worth chasing a touchdown on the problem with Hawkinson is like he's just not getting the usage we want only run a pass route on 59.6 percent of the Detroit dropbacks not the kind of levels we want uh you know but uh Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where we are. It's a, it's a fun game. Uh, I think that, like I said, I think Detroit's going to play better. I think Stafford, if you have him in season long is going to like, this is a week. If someone dropped him to get back on Stafford if someone cut him this week, I would, I would pick him up. Uh, I think he's going to have his best game of the season this weekend.
2: Lions passing game was there the first half against the Packers last week. Mm-hmm. Like I, I played them because I thought that game would shoot out. Uh, then the second half, boy, it was just all Aaron Jones and Stafford looked atrocious. Uh, like Reeve said, we need Galladay back this game, but if Galladay is even like available, man, I do like playing Stafford running it back with Kenyon Drake or Hopkins. The issue is that. Like with, with Kyler's arm, like it's easy to produce with Hopkins. Like Hopkins' A dot is 5.6. It's literally just running to the sticks and cutting back or cutting out. And that's his routes every single time. And you can't stop it because he's the best receiver in the league. Whereas Kirk is A dot is 20 yards. And so his targets are completely volatile, hence the air yards. But now also he's injured. And uh, he gets so few. I mean, nine targets to Hopkins, 25, that it's not worth chasing like even one deep touchdown, because that may be all you get. So.
1: It feels like these Detroit receivers are going to be the ones that are sort of lower owned than they should be. You know, Galladay, Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson. In tournaments, I mean, I got to say, I think I'm going to have at least one of these guys in every team I build just because the upside against Arizona, of course, is there. And if you're playing Stafford, feel free to double stack. I have no problem with that. Reeves, are we gambling at all with these running backs? DeAndre Swift really seems like the only potential option, but I don't think we're quite there yet.
3: No, I mean, he's the guy that's getting used in the passing game, but he's got just eight carries on the season. So it's really hard. I mean, there's just not really much of a ceiling there. Because you know, he's not – we've already said – you know, he's not a cash game option because – there's, there's no ceiling in tournaments, I don't think, either, really. like It's it's just hard until we see the usage. It would be a blind dart. It would literally be open because he hasn't gotten – the one goal line carry he got in week one was in the two-minute drill. It was off of a no huddle uh, after Hawkinson got tackled at the one. That was a, that He did get that carry, but we saw last week when they got down there and just like the regular you know, pace of play, he wasn't – he didn't come back in for that carry. Um, so it just was circumstance week one that he got that goal line carry. Um, just, just real hard to really – just say that he's anything other than just a, that, a, ho- a hope and a prayer.
2: That's also why I like this game, though, because it's pretty concerted target tree here. Like There yep. are like five or six guys we're looking at, which makes it really easy if we think the total is still potentially going to be a shootout.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, on the Arizona side, you play Kyler. Then you play Draker Hopkins with a little Isabella s- sprinkled in on Detroit. You play Gallina, you play Jones, and I'm saying it. This is the week, ladies and gentlemen, the flow chart is going to – Get back going, TJ. This is the
2: week Crane wins too, right here, week three.
1: Wow, let's not get crazy now, okay? Let's just (laughs) slow down a little bit. All right, before we jump into our favorite quarterbacks, I want to let you guys know that last week it's in the book, so it's time to review review the tape and prepare for this week. And, of course, that's what we're doing on the DFS Pick 6. There is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has a free shot – that's right, free – at millions of dollars and total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the app store now. You do not want to miss this. You draft your lineup. You feel the sweat like never before. You see that currently winnings go from five to ten and you feel, okay, I'm only losing, two, you know, 3000 bucks now. It's great. Just kidding, uh, but it's simple. You pick your lineup, you stay under the salary cap, and you t- see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching games quite like having shot at winning millions of dollars in prizes, and that's what you get with DraftKings because they have paid out billions. That's right, with a B, billions of dollars to winners since 2012, including your boy over here who won a million maker. So uh, when they say anybody can do it proof, ladies and gentlemen so yeah make sure you check that out download the DraftKings app now and use promo code DFF for a limited time new users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week don't miss out on the week three action enter code DFF to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your deposit that's code DFF only at DraftKings make it rain and of course Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See for details. Let's talk some quarterbacks, ladies and gentlemen. I need this energy
2: every single segment. Like that energy right there, Crane. No strong,
1: Something <laughs> to read. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, it's 8.30, man. I'm like, I'm old man now. You know, the kid's make it up at 5.30 in the morning. Uh, whew. Yeah, your boys, this is past my bedtime, buddy. Um, all right, let's talk about... Justin Herbert are we got are we are we playing Justin Herbert at all against Carolina hey look he's at home he's a quarterback against the Panthers Dagle you look shocked Reeves almost slapped and I'm sitting here saying no
3: no no I mean no like it's on brand
1: yeah <laughs> it's definitely on brand but uh Dagle I'll start off with you man I like Herbert a little bit who do you like
2: I mean Herbert's 5,900 on DraftKings like why would we ever complain about that against the Panthers? Um he will carry more ownership this week after he helped win a lot of tournaments last week. But I feel like a lot more people are down on Josh Allen this week in particular, when I feel like the Rams defense is sort of overrated coming into week three. Uh, playing a Cowboys offense in week one that just looked lost. And I don't think we can attribute that to them. And then an Eagles offense, as we talked about that has been lost in week two. So I don't think the Rams defense has really been tested just yet. And just the fact that we know the bills will continue playing more 10 personnel. Um, we know they will still be one of the faster paced offenses league, although they haven't ran that many plays through two weeks so far and um, I, I don't think they have an answer for Stefan Diggs and John Brown. So I still like Josh Allen in this game to match uh, if we're rostering Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott.
1: What quarterbacks are you looking at? I, I mean, wait, um, hold on, wait. I, I, this is, by the way, I think the longest we've gone. We're 32 minutes into this show, and you have not mentioned Mr. Fubisky. Is this when it happens?
3: It is a good match. Yeah. I mean, no, 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 I'm not going to go to Mitch again this week. Mitch has been pretty, I mean, he's been so bad, man. Yeah. I thought for Um, sure.
1: I honestly, when we talked about this show beforehand and the bears Falcons in Atlanta, wasn't mentioned. I was stunned. Now you don't even like Trubisky. I'm just, I don't even know who you are anymore. I think Allen
3: Robinson
2: demanded a trade. Like it, it's it's been terrible it's been awful
3: i think i i think he he's he's in play for some tournament action the problem is i think we need the falcons to do their part and you know you look at the one consistent thing about the bears and granted you know they the schedule hasn't been there to press them but uh i mean they just don't give up a lot of passing production so it's gonna be interesting to see how that game plays out and if it could really spike and force mitch to kind of carry carry some water um but you can stack them with Allen robinson i think it's a good Allen robinson bounce back week if you want to go that route uh, i think you can keep playing cam newton Yeah, Uh, easily where he's priced because the best thing about cam is you can just play cam there's no like there's no force you're not forced to do anything with cam he's a great cash game quarterback because we know the the floor is there while he's running uh and then in tournaments you can just play him if you want like it's it's completely fine um where he's priced um but i think we talked about all the quarterbacks that are going to be in my kind of uh main slate allotment uh between that dallas you know seattle game and then stafford and um You know, and then outside of cam, I mean, I don't really think it's a week where you have to go cheap quarterback where some weeks because we don't have to fit in three 9k running backs this week we just don't have to do it it's not there this is a week where all the guys we want to pay outside play at running back outside of zeke are all pretty fairly priced um and then we don't have like big receivers to pay for this week deandre hopkins is like the only main receiver that is even only in, is remotely enticing that's up at the top of the board on the main slate to pay for so i'm just going to play probably one of these quarterbacks as one of these really high ceilings and floors and one of these high total games and not really but you know kind of press my luck like i typically 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 would in a normal week where I'm trying to jam in all those running backs and need to pay for a sub 6k quarterback or a sub, you know, 8k quarterback on FanDuel. I just don't think it's a necessity this week.
1: Okay. So let's move on to some running backs then because we already talked about Ezekiel Elliott, 8.3k over on DK against Seattle. He's somebody that's going to be in a ton of lineups. He's going to be in a ton of my lineups. So go ahead, blast away. But we're seeing a lot, going to see a lot of cheap guys, you know, Saquon Barkley, he's out. Is it going to be Deion Lewis, Wayne Gallman getting some action there? I don't think it'll be Freeman. Quite yet. Uh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with these Rams running backs right now. Malcolm Brown is still banged up. Cam Akers is still banged up. D- Daryl Henderson just came off the big game last week. Um, I don't know, Dave. It seems like there are a lot of running backs and I, I'm not using I like narrowing my running back pool to like five or six dudes. And this is one of those weeks where I might have to expand that a little bit.
2: I don't know. Like I feel you can safely pay up from the cheapies that we don't know their roles just yet and be just fine limiting your pool steal. Like, uh, you know, it it sucks about Mike Davis because I would like to fade him in DFS at least. uh, But we know he's going to play the pass catching role in that backfield. And we also know with a more explosive offense with Herbert and just their plan of attack with Joshua Kelly and Austin Eckler, that the Panthers will also be playing from behind most likely. So You know, Davis could still get there on like 10 catches, no hyperbole. Having said that, I still like Joshua Kelly. 23 carries last week, which is insane. I think 25 touches without Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson, we have to wait and see on the injury reports for him. But we know that the Panthers' run defense can support on the opposite end both Eckler and Kelly. Eckler in particular, because with Herbert under center, he actually targeted their running backs at a 21% rate, whereas Tyrod Taylor only throwing deep targeted running backs at a 3% rate. It's one game sample, but just to see the running backs more involved gives me hope for both of them. And then uh, a deeper play, you know, James Connor, they he's played five quarters with Benny Snell this year and he's out carried Snell 22 to five. He's seen five targets. Benny Snell hasn't seen a target yet when they've played together. And then Connor has also handled all five of the touches inside of the 10 yard line over Snell. So against the Texans defense, we talked about how bad the lines rush defense is. The Texans are just worst in all those categories and rushing yards and yards per attempt. Um, so I, I like James Conner as well, and that's just leveraging everyone's fear against them because everyone thinks he'll get injured, and maybe so, right? But uh, if you're going to give me a guy who's going to get 25 touches when he doesn't get injured, it's probably a good bet.
1: Yeah, I mean, 6.7K, nobody's going to want to pay that price yeah. for James Conner. Like, he he let too many people down, you know, it's just it, it's not going to happen. And I see what you're saying, and, you know, there's another guy who I don't think is going to be too popular. I'm just going to keep playing Jonathan Taylor every week. Like, I mean, I dude. think
2: he'll be pretty popular.
1: Really? Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. I thought he would be one own. of the higher
2: owned players.
3: Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Well, we haven't updated our ownership projections yet, so I'm, okay. just, gonna, I'm just gonna like trip with what we have because
3: I guess you no. Know, I mean, I can see it maybe on DK. His price definitely got it, like went up a little bit. Uh, Fanduel did not adjust mm-hmm. um, because you know I look at Jonathan Taylor and he looks like Derrick Henry with cast pass catching, and if he's not gonna be you know priced so egregiously away from Derrick Henry then I mean why would you not just keep going to him he's a little tighter on DK uh, but on Fanduel, like Derrick Henry's 8-2 and John Taylor's 6-7 you know he had 28 touches last week in his first game you played 67 percent of the snaps and probably if that game was close he probably would have got more touches you know they kind of just used Jordan Wilkins to kind of like salt that game away towards the end Uh, So, I mean, I think he'll be pretty popular, especially on FanDuel. I think he'll be really popular. I love the Connor call. Um, You know, they get David DeCastro back this week, too. Uh, Houston's one of those teams, small sample size, but they've been just crushed both weeks on the ground. 51% of the yards gained against them on offense have come via rushing. It's the highest rate in the NFL. Um, And like you said, Connor is, you know, people just are going to be hesitant to play him because they'll wait for, like, the old Julio factor. Like, this guy's going to limp off the field in the first quarter. Uh, (laughs) They won't play him, uh, you know. And then, you know, obviously it hit last week. We brought up just the Panther stat. We might as well keep bringing it up until it finally happens. They've multiple rushing touchdowns against the seventh game in a row, uh, dating back to last year that they've allowed multiple rushing touchdowns, um, which is the longest streak since the 99-2000 Cleveland Browns. Uh, so, I mean, they just might as well keep this going. Uh, just assume that two Chargers uh, rushing touchdowns are going to occur in this game
2: rich i thought your samaj p ryan rushing stat for the saints was in danger on monday night but it held one more week
3: yeah it, it, it looked in danger as well as the uh you know ravens wide receiver stat too as well because the ravens haven't allowed a hundred yard receiver uh since they've acquired marcus peters and cooks had 95 yards oh
1: <laughs> you know we didn't really touch too much on these san francisco guys jerk mckinnon 49 four nine he's fine i don't think I'm, we can
3: play any of those guys man I don't, like, i'm
1: not I mean, I'd rather play Jeff Wilson. He's like 900 bucks cheaper. Or him. What? I mean, it's hard for me to,
3: to like, when I pay down at running back, like, I want to still have, like, projectable touches. And it's kind of like we talked about Antonio Gibson in week one. It's fine when you want to take those cheap guys, but, like, if my guy can't get, like, if I just can't, like, pencil them in for 15-plus touches, then it's a tough – it's, like, easy to fade those guys. And you look at last year, we have a very similar situation with Jarek McKinnon than we had in week two of last year when the 49ers – went to play Cincinnati when Kevin Coleman got hurt in week one and everyone was screaming from the rooftops. It's Matt Breida week. It's Matt Breida week. We've got Matt Breida, and they went out and gave 13 touches to Matt Breida, 16 touches, three most certain 10 touches to Jeffrey Wilson. It's not like far-fetched with you've got a guy that's missed two years of football and only has three carries in each game so far that they're not just going to jam Jerick McKinnon up with like 18 touches. I mean, maybe it happens. I won't rule it out. It's non-zero, but I'm going to say that it's probably
2: not very
3: highly probable either.
2: Crane, yeah, I, do you th- do you think more people, yourself included, will go more cheap running backs like that, or because we even have like Derrick Henry? Like Derrick Henry, I understand the uh, the touchdown dependency. That's what's hurting us right now. But he still handled fifty nine to sixty three back uh, running back touches so far. Like I
1: mean, I still play Derrick Henry. Like I, I usually have one or two cheap guys in my player pool though that I'm going to be looking for because look, if one of these you know forty five hundred dudes go for twenty points, you're going to need him. Sure. If that's, unless all these expensive guys go for mid thirties, you're gonna need them, and that value, especially what it can open up at the wide. They're not four
3: with- though. That's the problem is that yeah. there was none of these guys snuck up like this week. Like there wasn't a surprise and active. Am the only one the- that
1: likes Jeff Wilson?
3: I mean, you no. know how many touchdowns do you need from Jeff Wilson to get to twenty? I mean, points? he
1: gets like five every twenty carries. So like, what else do you need, man?
3: No, I mean, he would be the one guy. I guess like I would be like you could push i would like be okay like you pushing back on um but they it, like you're talking about like mike davis is 5-1 like he's not 40 yeah they, not,
1: hey big props to dk by the way for pricing these guys up because it would have been a really really dumb slate if all these guys were 3500
2: that's the other thing that's what we're factoring in is that they're not min-priced yeah, yeah. and like and like josh kelly i mean he's going to carry ownership i know but he's only like 700 800 more than those guys since they were priced up and like he's the one 20 touches 100 yards and two touchdowns so i don't I don't know. I'll have to think about it more as the week goes on.
1: Yeah, I would rather play Josh Kelly than Jerick McKinnon. I would rather play Josh Kelly than, I don't know, who are some of these other, like Daryl Henderson. Like, unless both Brown and Akers are out, I mean, even though it's a terrible matchup, I mean, the Bills run these good. Like, do I like it? No, but will I still pay 5-4? for? That's what I mean. There's a, a lot of really good plays. I yeah. think the McKinnon fade is really sharp. And it might screw us. Um, If you're playing high stakes, he's going to be really, really popular there because the high stakes guys just good all over. Guys like Jerick McKinnon can catch the ball, you know, under 5K. He's going to be super chalky there. If you want to fade him, go for it. You know, I mean, all these guys can't be popular. Miles Sanders is 6'4". I think that's why we're going to see the ownership on these cheaper guys a little bit less than maybe what I was thinking before this show, just because as we... And there's nowhere
3: to put it. There's just nowhere to put the money this week. I mean, there's just nowhere to put the salary um unless you're paying
2: for deandre hopkins he's like the one guy
3: um, i think can really go up
2: i mean where's the? I, to- I toyed with a Fanduel cash lineup earlier just making placeholders and like i think i put josh kelly in over derrick henry and i look up and the lineup is done and i had 6400 left i was like oh okay that kind of week i got it i guess i have to keep <laughs> yes. on playing around yeah,
3: I mean, all the big the big receivers, except for Hopkins, are off the board uh, because, I mean, you're probably not going to play Julio with the hamstring. And literally, like, Calvin Ridley's gotten priced up. And he scored multiple touchdowns two weeks in a row. Um, we kind of know, like, we were there, like that, when's that shoe going to drop? It's probably – this is probably a good spot. No one's caught two touchdowns in a row, three games in a row since 2015. Calvin Johnson. Also, Ted Ginn did it that year. Um, but it's – I mean, it's just hard to say. Like, we're, we're waiting on that regression. You got the, 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 the price up uh to pay hey, up are you for. doing
1: like an interpretive dance over there
2: <laughs> no every now and then when i'm recording silva would like deliver me stuff because we both have our hours we're busy and so this time it was a bottle of wine so i was taking over the your head and uh,
1: Silva back come on in
2: baby uh, he's already downstairs uh, yeah,
1: he's, uh, he's, i was doing a
2: waiver stream the other day he came and delivered me a pizza out of nowhere and then just left the room so we have <laughs> we have some unique like r- uh rapport here we know we know what's going on
3: here it's like uh, a perfect stranger so uh, larry and Baki thing yeah it's Are like there, too it's too fun
2: over here too fun
1: there is one other running back situation i wanted to ask you guys about and it is hundred percent selfish because of course that's with my season long team is this leonard fournette's backfield now Reeves
3: yeah, I mean, listen, Bruce Arians has gone out of his way to find ways to hate Ronald Jones. Like he's he's just waited like patiently, all consistently throughout the two years he's been there, uh, for any little screw up Ronald Jones has had, and he's blown it up. He's magnified it to like the extreme. It's not like, dude, that play wasn't even. It's like I'm not even 100 percent his fault that fumble. Like, it wasn't even like a clear Ronald Jones fumble. Uh, last year, remember he missed a block in the first quarter, and Arians dragged him for missing a block. Like the that same was one game, start too, yeah. In the same game, like they the, the like Peyton Barber just like gave up like a sack and like it's, he's like, He just consistently yeah. looked for reasons to magnify any mistake that that kid's made. Um, yeah, I think that that's probably the, the takeover is probably you know in the works. Um, he did he needs the routes. We need to get LaShawn McCoy out of these routes. McCoy had a terrible touchdown drop on a, one of the few good throws Brady made. Uh, I don't know how PFF graded Tom Brady as the second-highest quarterback of Week 2. This guy threw for 6.2 yards per attempt against the Carolina Panthers. He short-armed like a wide-open flea flicker touchdown and somehow was the QB 2 on PFF. And I love PFF and everything they do. But uh, Tom Brady, uh, how how was he the number-two quarterback
2: last week?
1: How? I mean, maybe they're grading <laughs> on, a, you know, on a curve. Like normally everything's 20 yards short. That one was just 10.
2: I don't think it's like left off Fournette yet. I because Bruce Arians the man. Yeah, who speak, I would say it's stalled. Yeah, he speak. Bruce Arians speaks in the present. Like we all try, try to decipher what he says. He literally shoots from the hip. He's the most honest individual ever and says whatever he's thinking at the time. And he said no. He still likes how the running back. He still likes his backfield. It is what it is, uh, and he's going to keep it the same. And, but I will say Ronald Jones from week one to two touches went from 73% of running back touches to 29%. And then for Fournette, it was 23% to 51%. So we can expect that to continue in Fournette's favor. Uh, And he could very well still get there in this matchup. Denver's missing. I don't even want to go down the list. They're missing like five defenders. They have Jeff Driscoll now, who I like in week four. We're going to talk about next week against the Jets. But this week against the Bucs, it's going to be disastrous and a positive game script for the Bucs to just let loose with Fournette with the ball on his belly. So I still think he'll get there but i think we should expect more than we think for ronald jones
1: i'm just glad that i have a full week to look forward to draft jeff driscoll discussion. oh jeff that's week horizontal
3: yeah.
2: tease
3: jeff driscoll's played in four games since the start of last year and he has 18 or more fantasy points than three of them
2: over seven carries per game and his three starts for the lions last year He's a
3: hair-on-fire guy, Crane. That's the brand, man. I hair
1: like on fire. Guys. I You know. got seven days, Crane. You got seven uh, days got, to think got, about I it. I got seven days before I hate myself. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's talk some wide receivers. Of course, DeAndre Hopkins is <laughs> ending up. He's the guy. If you're playing cash games, you probably have to play him because what the hell else are you going to do with the money? Dago, who are some of the other wideouts that you like this week?
2: Fandle and I are in a chicken fight here because they just want to keep decreasing DJ Moore's price. And I you will just keep him. saying – but he's, I'm going to just keep playing him, I guess. He has 22 targets through two weeks. Like, I understand Robbie Anderson is more involved, but DJ Moore is still leading the team in target share, and they just lost Christian McCaffrey. Like, there are still more targets available now, and yet they dropped more salary, 100 bucks on FanDuel. So, whenever the Dirty Harry theme song, is that the, I may have, I may have dated myself there, but um,
1: Whenever the mu- And ends, it, your birthday, so you're even older.
2: Whenever the theme yeah. song is playing, just know I'm going to just keep on locking in DJ Moore because he will score a touchdown on these targets, too, eventually.
1: I mean, DJ Moore, like, eventually he's going to get there. And he's like the, the
2: opposite team. of Air Yards, Crane. Like, you have to love DJ Moore because it's not I Air Yards, it's I targets. It's actual opportunity, it's targets.
1: There have been two – we've had two fantasy weeks now. He's been my highest-owned wide receiver two weeks of this season. So, like, yeah, I'm going to keep loading up. On DJ Moore. And if You're committed uh,
3: now, baby. <laughs> great.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and you know, you mentioned like the Panthers. I think a lot of people are going to overlook a lot of these Panthers because, again, is the matchup great? No. They have a 19 point implied team total. But as you said, Dagle, they lost Christian McCaffrey. I think we could see Curtis Samuel get some more looks underneath. Robbie Anderson, as you said, he's been getting more looks. I mean, Reeves, to me, there's a ton of usage to go around on the Carolina Panthers offense.
3: And not a lot of dudes to get it. Yeah, because so we know that they've dusted uh, Ian Thomas. He's gone. Mm-hmm. He's off the He's off the reservoir. Uh, we can kick him off the island. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that. Keep going to DJ Moore. We know the ball's going to go. They're, it's going to be put in the air. Um, maybe there's a chance that just they get run on so badly here that that they don't have, like, the play volume. But we even seen last week where – It's they still he still got there. Um still eight for one twenty. No problem going back to him. Um yeah, I just don't know I don't have any pushback on that. I mean I dig it. Uh think Allen Robinson's in play. Uh, You can keep playing Deontay Johnson until his price finally catches Juju Smith-Schuster because he's outplaying Juju Smith-Schuster and getting a lot more targets. Uh, I think both of the Denver guys are kind of interesting in terms of plays. Uh, Yeah. Once once
1: Driscoll came in, like he just targeted the hell out of Judy. Driscoll, Driscoll listen to yourself.
3: Yeah. Well, Judy is actually second in the NFL in target, target rate per route run. And I know that a lot of people will cite the air yards and the overall targets that Hamler had, but, Judy left part of that game too. He, you know, he missed part of that game and then came back and still was only one target behind Hamler. Um, you know, he's been, they actually inversely, I think a lot of people thought when they drafted those two guys that Hamler would be their slot guy and Judy's their slot guy. Uh, Judy's there and Judy played a lot in the slot in Alabama too, but Judy is their slot guy. So he's getting the cheap targets. So if you're thinking about taking a guy in DFS, you know, obviously Hamler is going to have a ceiling and he gets those high variant targets, but Judy has a little bit of a better floor with the, you know, types of usage he gets. Uh, He's still really cheap. Uh, He's going to get a lot of volume now with Cortland Sutton out the targets haven't found Noah Fant yet. Um, as good as he's played the first two weeks and he's been great with all the targets he's gotten, but you know, just the five and six targets total, we need him to get more. He's run hot in the touchdown department. Johnny Smith's like that too. Johnny Smith's had a really nice, strong touchdown spike, but the overall peripheral targets, we still would like a little mo- more uh, meat on the bone for when these guys don't score touchdowns. Um, but,
2: uh, I do like both Denver guys as tournament plays too. I noticed – I know the Jonu Smith stats too, Reeves, but don't put that on Twitter because people get angry. People love Jonu Smith, man. I love Jonu Smith. He's 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 a super athlete. He's a super super athlete, but, like, the – but, I mean, the opportunity, like, it's still not there. Like, Jonu Smith's the same player as last year. Uh, If A.J. Brown ever comes back, then, you know, Jonu Smith is an easy fade.
1: That's so funny,
2: I mean, those
3: guys I, are good. You just need the targets, man. But they're also in touchdowns. You got to think about early in the season where everyone's taking these victory laps. Like, look at touchdowns, guys! Like the most highly <laughs> variant thing that we have going in our game. The hardest thing to and, to ex- project. And, and when these guys start hot and touchdowns, like yeah, of course they're going to look good, but the peripheral stats like for, and I love Fant. like every time he touches the ball, it's like, it's electric. Like the dude gives, you you know, uh, but I want more targets. Maybe with Sutton being out, we get more, but I need more than five and six targets per week, man.
2: I need more. I also wish I knew more about T Y Hilton for receivers. Uh, but last week they literally just took him off the field. Like he played 56% of the snaps last week because they just let Michael Pittman run block for him. They just, they just threw Pittman (laughs) out there. Uh, they threw Pascal in the slot for Paris Campbell because Michael Pittman ran only 13, percent of his routes in college from the slot and then they just put him on the outside and made him do the dirty work and so that's what I fear in a heavy run game script against the Jets like that T.Y. Hilton won't get there because even if they audible from the run he's just not even on the field at all now so I'm concerned still about T.Y. Hilton otherwise I would love to play him
1: I mean everybody like this is like the third week now that we've talked about T.Y. Hilton the Colts when they're big favorites like this they just don't pass Yep. Hey, this yeah. This is a multiple year sample now that we have of this. So they
2: didn't week one. That's the thing. But then also, they came out afterwards midweek and said, We don't like doing that. We're going to go the other way now. Yeah. So, like,
1: it's just- yeah. We lost I mean, that game. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll watch it for a survivor contest. That's it. Like, I'll, I'll be rooting for the Colts in my survivor contest. But outside of that, and Jonathan Taylor, I ain't going to have any rooting interest in this game. But uh, guys, I do have you, a rooting interest in you guys trying out Roto-Grinders Core 4, premium subscription. Do it at a discount. And how do you get it at a discount? You go to rotogrinders.com slash media slash pick six. That's the number six. Get your first month five bucks off. Can't really beat that. Of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, click the like button. Click the subscribe button. Now, Reeves, I got to tell you, man, we have been getting a lot of season-long questions in the chat as this show has gone on. And I told the people, hold on, I told the people earlier, I said, wait till the end and we're going to get to them. So this is us getting to them. Thank you for watching here. the DFS Pick Six. It's been a lot of fun, Dagle Reeves. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> like, we'll a what, a you what a jerk! We'll catch y'all later. Bye bye. What
2: a
0: jerk.